Hello, hello, hello. This is John Sacco, owner of Sierra Company, Sierra Recycling and Demolition, Sierra International Machinery. This is Pile of Scrap. This is our first podcast, and uh, I'm excited. Um, we're celebrating our 60th anniversary at Sierra Recycling and Demolition. A lot of people in the recycling industry don't know Sierra has been a recycling company for 60 years. So I thought for the inaugural podcast, we'd bring in people who run our recycling demolition yard. I got us joining here today. I got Daniel Zamora, who is our operations manager, and Ryan Mallard, who's our general manager of Sierra Recycling. Welcome, guys. Thank you. All right. All right. First, how did you come to work here? You know, I worked for a telecommunications company here in town, um, and you guys were one of our business partners. We brought all of our copper wire, uh, aluminum scrap, things like that into your business. Um, later on, I found out you guys were hiring for a field supervisor role. I applied and I got the job. You told me a story that you and I met at a Joe Walsh concert. We did. At the BC Amphitheater. That was a great show. Fantastic but show. I don't remember meeting <laughs> you there. <laughs> Daniel, your story of coming here is interesting because our sons were playing soccer. I forgot where we were, and I guess it was maybe Brandon Hankins or somebody said you had, you, what'd you get, laid off, or what happened? Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually working at the time out of town. I was traveling the whole West Coast, and uh, knowing that it's I a was a truck driver, truck driver, yes, uh, knowing that I was a family man, I hated to be around or out of town, out away from the family, and uh, you heard that I would <clears throat> was looking for something local, and uh, lo and behold, well, you asked me, I remember I go, so yeah, we're hiring, we need a roll-off driver. And you said to me, well, how many days a week do I need to be out of town? I said, looked at you, none. <laughs> and so I remember, so we, we put you through your driving test. This yeah. is really good because Larry Villalobos, who uh, was the head of our trucking fleet at the time, and train, you know, which on a, not a training run, if you will, he comes to back and he says, Mr. John, Daniel's a real truck driver. So there he did start as a truck driver, and here you are ops manager. Yeah. That's crazy. Joe Walsh to general manager. Yeah. Well, that's great. All right, so, you know, we have different aspects of what we do here in our, we, we have a traditional scrap metal operation. We also have recycling and, and, and cardboard, and we also do field service works in the oil field. Correct. Part of the demolition in our name. But I get asked all the time, demolition, you blow things up. And I say, no, we don't. So, <laughs> Ryan, why don't you tell us what exactly Sierra does in, in the field, oil fields, that is. Our, our primary goal in the field is to decommission material no longer used by oil producers. Um, so it could be everything from pipeline, old used pipeline, to old abandoned tanks, to steam generators, um, anything that they need to get off their asset list. So when you started here, we were doing what, compared to when you started here to what we're doing now, what, what's changed in that? We. We are a, a much larger player in the oil and gas industry than, than we were when I started. Uh, we, I started with four crews here, and, and we're still at four to five crews at a time now, but today we are isolating our own lines. We're, we're doing all of our own legwork. We're getting our own permits. We're, we were subcontracted through other maintenance companies uh, when I started. And today, we, we are our own prime. So, 
they're calling us and the, the, the general contractors are no longer calling Sierra. We are the people, the oil companies Correct. are calling. Well, that's great. You know, I think that's, for us as a company, that's exciting only because we, you get out of that minor league level. Now we're the major league level and they come right. to us, you know, and, and that's how really, you know, your job in the field is where you got promoted to be general manager of all the Sierra recycling demolitions. Daniel, let's talk about your tasks from truck driver to ops manager. Tell us exactly, you know, tell me a day, a typical day of you here at Sierra. So a typical day, um, first of all, I, I not only do the logistics, but also do maintenance. So first thing is to come in, make sure the drivers are, our equipment is running good, that they're doing their, their pre-trips, getting their equipment ready to go out, and that everything is working and operating properly. Um, getting them dispatched where they need to go, um, and then also fielding other calls from our, our other divisions of whether maintenance, you know, what needs to be worked on, maintained, upkeep, and then communicating with Ryan as far as what's coming in that we need to process, uh, prepare to ship out. So from the time you started as ops manager to now, it's different because now we're trying to ship to the ground every day. Every day. You still haven't quite... <laughs> I figured that one out yet. I keep telling Ryan, I mean, I keep telling Daniel, Daniel, you got more scrap than you think, order more trucks. Well, I don't want the trucks coming, I don't have scrap. Well, we're getting there, and, and you know, it's it's a much better way to run a business because without, when you ship your inventory, that's what yeah. makes us profitable. Yeah. Right. And you know, I think our customers, you know, our slogan is we do what you do every day at Sierra International Machinery. Okay, we've been, we've been putting that out on our social media. Well, it is, we do what they do every day, and we have learned through you know the travels that I've done and conversations with other, um, thank God they're not coming here. <laughs> that um, you know you got to ship your scrap. Yep. You have to ship your paper. You have to ship what it is you're buying every day, and that's how you become profitable. So, you know, in the heat right now, we you know in Bakersfield summer it's hot. What's the challenge of the heat here? Because we don't have the cold in the Midwest where it's sub-zero, but we have the heat challenge. So tell us about that. Just making sure that everybody stays hydrated. Water is a big thing. you got to stay hydrated, stay focused. Um, it's easy to get off task in this heat. So we got to watch out for each other. Uh, making sure that, that we're not only taking care of ourselves and, and watching what's going on around us, but also watching out for our partner who's next to us. Uh, making sure that, that they're doing what they need to do stay hydrated, get enough rest, um, try not to be too strenuous when it's this hot, because when it's, when it's 100 degrees here, ambient, it's gonna be a lot more in, inside of our facility. Yeah, that's uh, it. Radiant yeah. How about in the field? What, what, what requirements are our customers uh, you know, requiring so us to do? So our, our customers require us to wear full FR uh, clothing, from pants, shirts, FR vests, stands for? Fire retardant. Yes. And it's heavy stuff. It is very heavy, and it takes a good two to three weeks for your body to get acclimated when the heat starts. It's not that bad in the wintertime, but when you're out wearing FRs in the summer, where it's 105, 108, and you've got to put on leathers and you're torching material, or you're sitting in equipment, you're spotting equipment, it gets hot. Very hot. Well, yeah, that's... But they get it, the body's adapting, so we, we don't... That, that's part of what we got. We got to watch it. The heat... You know, I have, we have so many customers at Sierra that run in sub-zero, you know, from the upper Midwest mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, you know, from Iowa to Minnesota to Maine, where, you know, it, it drops down to minus 48 degrees. And, yeah. and they're always, well, can we run the equipment? 
And you know, there, we think at zero, you shouldn't run your piece of equipment because it just takes too long to warm up the machine, to get the oil pumping through, even though the oil tanks have heaters, right? all the oil and the, and the piping and the cylinders. So we think at zero, stop running. Um, and we got customers in way up Fort McMurray, Canada, <laughs> they're like, zero, that's balmy day. So I, you know, it, it is a little different, but you know, people always ask us about the heat. All right, so moving on, let's let, let's talk about uh, yard cleanliness for a second, okay. because my dad's nickname, Mr. Clean. Did you know my father? I did not have the privilege. You knew my dad. I did. Okay, dad's nickname, Mr. Clean. Yes. And he got that nickname because he was an organization freak. Now, he was also a drill sergeant at World War II, and do we have any World War II pictures? Yeah, here he is right over here, World War II picture. So he was a drill sergeant in World War II, and March at six years old without my bed being made. And so, you know, it's funny because you come down here and I hear it all the time. We are the cleanest scrapyard there is. Yep. Tell us about the challenges of being the cleanest, Daniel. It, it's a constant battle. I mean, every day brings something different. Um, the material coming in, just trying to keep things organized, trying to stay ahead of it. You know, not all the time we can stay on top of it every single day, but we do our best to make sure that we do our housekeeping because that's gonna prevent accidents. It's gonna keep our customers safe, it's gonna keep our employees safe, and, and it's just gonna give us a better environment to work in, to work in all together. Well, I think that segues into our next segment. We're gonna talk about safety, and, and the importance of safety is here. So I think for those who can see us, and those who can't see us, let's put our safety gear on. Because I think people don't understand what it is safety is in this industry and that we are the fifth most deadly industry the recycling industry that's crazy when i was chairman of ISRI, we were the fourth mm -hmm. deadliest industry now we're fifth so our efforts at ISRI, as our trade associations to be safer it's working starting with you ryan the oil fields i mean everybody talks about oil field safety and, and how much they preach safety 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 in the oil fields but the oil field's not doing anything different than what we're already doing here. Our, our main goal every day is that our employees go home the same way they came to work, in one piece. And we, we strive to do what we do here at our customers' facilities. We don't change anything. We still do JSAs here in our yard. We still JSA, do another acronym for... A job safety analysis. And we're doing that in the field when we assemble equipment. You know, in our customer's yard, we, yeah. we go through this process. So we're, we're doing all those same things that, that we're supposed to do in the oil fields right here in our own yard. So nothing changes. Daniel, you have a lot of people and a lot of moving parts here from the ferrous operation in the back to the non-ferrous to the paper. What's, what scares you the most? What, what is the safety aspect that keeps you up at night? You know, there's, there's so much moving parts. Um, anything can go wrong at any given time. So just making sure that we're proactive is the number one thing. And, and if something comes up, we have a, a, a close call or something could have happened, potentially been, been a lot worse than what it was, that's scary. Why did, not, why did we not see that before it happened? Why didn't we catch that ahead of time? So that's what keeps me up is, is what can we do to be proactive to make sure that our customers are safe and our employees are safe? Well, look, safety 
is a journey. You never arrive. You can never sleep and say, oh, we got the best safety program. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Right. You know you have a good safety program only at the end of the day when everybody goes home with all their fingers and toes and ears and body parts. Nobody's hurt. Every day you start at the bottom and you have to work towards the goal of safety. You know, and at ISRI, one of the things, safety, the slogan of safely or not at all, Uh and the ISRI circle of safety, you've participated in some of the ISEC meetings, have you not? No, I have not. Have you? Yeah, Felipe. Correct. Okay, so you know we participate on the trade association level as well, because safety is so vitally important to everything we do. And, and you know I, I appreciate it. You know I, I wanted to put the hats on, just for the sake of hey guys, safety is important at Sierra, and we bring it to to our customers when we go into the field. So my favorite safety meeting of the year, of course, is Christmas. Yeah, we have more fun giving away the Christmas gifts and. Seeing the somebody win something like the big TVs, how excited oh, yeah. they get, you know. That's always my favorite uh, safety meeting, but you know, they can be tough. But I, I think our, our employees have also uh, bought into safety and they take it home. And that that is the most important thing. You you hear it from all the guys here is that they, they now do things differently at home than they did before they started working here at Sierra. And and they've they've bought in. And that's the biggest thing. So that's the culture that we've tried to create over the years at Sierra. Right. You know, let's talk about the culture. You know, when you guys go to a new hire, I know you talk about culture, but yep. what, what do you tell them, Right. Uh, we just tell them that, you know, the most important thing here at Sierra, the most important thing here is safety. Without safety, we don't have a company. If, if we didn't have the safety record that we currently have, we wouldn't have the customers that we have. We wouldn't have the material that we have. You know, we wouldn't have the longevity that this company has had over all these years. Dan, what, for you, for the new hires in the yard that come in here. You know, it's, it's the respect and the teamwork that everybody has together. Uh, we really have a great group of guys, and we strive to make sure that we bring the right people in that are going to fit in and that are going to work well as a team. Well. Every day. So, you know, before I became an officer at ISRI, I went to my dad and I said, hey, they want me to be an officer. I go, I don't know if I have the time. And he says, you're crazy. You're going to be in the know. You have to do this. Well, I did. And what happened was I learned about stormwater. Mm-hmm. Here in Bakersfield, we get less than six inches of rain a year, right? But we are, we have, we're treated by the, the water people water board or the whoever it is is if we have 50 inches of rain a year and we're dumping into a river in our backyard which we're not so that was one of the things of being a chairman of isri is stormwater so we repaved our yard resloped it to where everything that touches metal goes through filters and through into tanks mm-hmm. but we found out we still got to spend a half a million dollars more this year to even be more compliant. Let's, let's talk about what we're doing here at Sierra with the stormwater, the new stormwater uh, filters and what we're put, um, implementing. So what we're putting in is a system that will not allow any of our current water, stormwater, to run off of our property. Everything that leaves this facility, every drop of water that leaves this facility, rooftops, asphalt, concrete, you name it, will be filtered out. 
and before it leaves this property, it will be completely filtered into well, nearly potable water. That's and a big that's, task, but you know, half a million dollars, you know, and, and, and as a business owner, the thought of spending a half a million dollars and we get nothing from it. The only thing we get from it is saving, getting fined. Correct. But, you know, you know, you have to do the right thing. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things that's always been another part. I think we just do the right thing. It's not fancy. Just do the right thing. Right. And, and stormwater, it's very easy to, to not do it, especially in an area like this, but we have to do it. And, and you know, and I think that's always our goal. We have to comply with all the regulations, mm -hmm. safety, environmental, you know, it's, it's important. But you know what? We're stewards of the land. You know, we are the real environmentalist. You know, people can tell, oh, yeah, but you know what? Recycling facilities, we're taking what's being discarded. Right. And we're doing it and processing it in a environmentally friendly way and getting it so it can be consumed again from scrap iron, paper, copper, aluminum, stainless steel, brass, you know. Yeah. That's what we do. We're the original environmentalists. Absolutely. True. But it seems like we're always at war with the regulators <laughs> and it's, it's never enough. But I always wonder what happens if you eliminate all your recyclers, where does all this material go? Back in the landfill. Side of the roads, cars. Yeah. Can, you imagine, yeah. can you imagine the pollution? If cars and appliances are just dumped on the side of the road, the CVCs from the, the Freon being yeah. cut loose, the oils, the trend, we'd have the biggest environmental disaster that you can have. Absolutely. But we're doing our part, and I, I think this is great. So let's have a little fun here and talk about experiences, fun experiences we've had here. You know, it's a serious thing. What, what's the funniest thing you've, you've come across here at Sierra? Oh, man. It, I, I, to be honest with you, there's probably one a month. Um, <laughs> some of the things that, that we see come pulling through this yard uh, from customers will, will crack you up from time to time. Some of the things that we see out in the field is, uh, is pretty funny. And, yeah, I, I couldn't name just one. Well, I got it. I, I got one. My, this one... So it's been about a year ago. I was standing out front and the car comes and has a uh, water heater in the back and the girl rolls down a window and says, excuse me, where do I take this to, to recycle? I said, okay, go over the scale. So she came back and she goes, excuse me. And I go, yeah. She goes, so I walked up to her car and in the front seat of her car, she has a laundry basket of weed in the mason jars that are going <laughs> to some weed dispensary. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like going, I just, I got about five feet to the car and I'm going, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> she was so worried about recycling. I guess she, she was really being green because there was yeah, a lot of green in our front seat. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? You know, in, in logistics and doing a lot with DOT and trucking, I pay attention to a lot of the loads that I see come in here. And it never amazes me how customers will secure items coming into this facility on their rooftops. On their trunks, yeah, and it's just it just amazes me some of the some of the ways they do it. Well, they're innovative. They yes, are. they you are. You know, these people, they you know, they make a living. Peddlers make yes, a living absolutely. bringing us scrap. You know, and and you know, with the prices of commodity paper, unfortunately, we've uh, a lot of people who would go around to all the restaurants. You know, that commodity price is just horrible right yeah. now. So, uh, but yeah, they fill them up and mm -hmm. they they stuff the back seat of their cars oh, and the passenger every seats. Every crevice. So yeah, they, they're getting everything filled in. But you know, that's, you, you gotta admire that. 
Oh, yeah. Because they're hustling. Absolutely. And they're making their living doing this. And I, I, I think that's great. Well, you know, all right. Another story I love is, okay, so, you know, at Sierra International Machinery, we, we innovated, and in, in Emory has a, the Rev4, which we have a patent on the, the doors. And we brought it in here last June. So we ran the machine four months to get any bug out of it before mm -hmm. we got it out into the marketplace. And we pulled out the Rev2 250 horsepower, which is a powerful, fast machine. But I'll never forget everybody how upset they were when the Rev4 was leaving. I just want to know when we're getting one back. <laughs> well, when we stopped selling them, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the sales are strong, but it seems like it was so funny. Everybody, oh, Mr. John, when are we going to get the Rev4? I don't Maybe know. never. Maybe, hopefully never. Hopefully our production, right. although, you know, we're, we're finishing up um, in Georgia, you know, our 24,000 square foot expansion mm -hmm. to our uh, uh, facility over there. Actually, it's a separate building, so everything red, all the red machines, the two Ram Baylors and conveyors are going to be built in the 46,000 square foot part, and all the green machines, all the shears and portable Baylors are going to be moving over. And we, we should be done in about a month, and uh, so hopefully we'll be able to produce more. Yeah. Actually, I think we need a portable RevX here. I agree. That would be a good little I, machine I to agree. have. Yeah. Go around and probably do some damage. We, we on have it. the clientele for it. <laughs> it. Never ceases to have the clientele. <laughs> so this year, we've spent some money. Let's talk about our capital expenditures this year. Trucks, rolling stock. Why did we, what was the, what was the need for it? Not because our trucks rolled, but because you know, we, we have really good equipment, but they're getting old. They don't meet the criteria for uh, emissions anymore for California. So unfortunately, uh, we have to trade them out and get updated equipment that are basically compliant. And, and that's no the motors, the, the, D, the tier four motors. Tier four motors uh, on our yellow steel and then on our diesel equipment, we have to make sure there's zero, zero emissions as well. So, so what did we buy this year, trucks? So we bought uh, four four trucks this year, um, four four power units, and to replace some of our older equipment. So we spent, you know, two were slightly used, had fifty thousand miles, and two were brand new Peterbilt. So what did we spend? Two, almost over half a million dollars there. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, now you had some needs. Yep. For the oil field, tell us about what we bought there. So we started with uh, we. We're given an opportunity to start breaking up some concrete pads, 24 inch thick concrete pads. And the need for that came a 7,000 pound hammer to attach to an excavator. So we were able to purchase that. And then we liked the excavator that we were renting with it at the time. And we were in the need for a tier four final excavator as well. So it seemed like a, a great opportunity, which it has been a wonderful opportunity. But now we're down to some tier two excavators that we need to get out of Sierra and introduce some new equipment, some more. How much more equipment. money you want to spend? Not six hundred thousand. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, look, we we got to do. It. You know, yeah. Like anything else, my father has always taught me and my brother Philip from the very start. You put your money back into your business. You know, right. you don't pull your money out and go live high on the hog because the business needs right. continuous investment. And so, you know, that's it's people who buy equipment from Sierra, buy the shears, the portable balers, the two ram balers, the conveyors, you know, they're doing the same thing. 
and so you we practice what you preach. Right. We're, we're doing the same thing too. You know, we're, we're evaluating. You got to spend money sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's a lot of advantages spending. You know, you get the tax code where you get 100% deduction. You know, if you're making money, which we are, it, it, it's a good. You know, you're buying really at a 40% discount because you're saving the tax money you would have to pay. So right. That's important. You know, keeping. Well, we have, what else are we going to need? I mean, I look out in the yard and think, I'm thinking, okay, we're good, but what, what do you guys think we're going to need here, Sam? Maybe a 1,500-ton shear. <laughs> well, get me more scrap. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, we still have some uh, upgrading to do on some of our, our trucking. How so much more? Over, over, the next, over the next three years. We're gonna you know, one money. thing about this industry, you can spend, oh, yeah. you can oh, spend yeah. a lot of money. Every year. A new you know, the old, you know, the old saying mm -hmm. in the scrap industry, you want to make a small fortune? In the scrap industry, invest a large one. Yeah. <laughs> now you always you always constantly having to spend money. You're always having to improve your operations because efficiencies, the cost of doing business, is not going down. No. The labor costs are up. You know, look at three point six percent unemployment. We're at the bottom of the barrel. You know, we struggle in Georgia to find people. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't. There's nobody we've hired who's unemployed. Everybody we hired is and then. Is getting them past our physicals and our drug testing, right? Because we have a zero tolerance. Because our clients in the field, basically, you know, our oil field customers demand it. Correct. And we actually have some customers on the machinery side who buy equipment who also demand that our employees, who before they go out to the job site, that they've been in a drug protocol, you know, testing program, and that we have a random. Uh, programs but we haven't really lost anybody no back to the culture yeah they know it coming in they do but you know what I hate we hire somebody they sit a week in a safety class they go out in the in the yard in day one and they quit that drives me nuts they get their week's pay sitting in a cool office air conditioning going through safety training and then they set one day out it's 102 degrees <laughs> They're turning in their gear. When I started here, my orientation was 40 hours with a group of guys. Day one, same thing happened. Two of them left. Because it was August, it was 102, 103 degrees, and they said, this isn't for me. Yeah, <laughs> they thought it was. We watched the videos, we knew what we were getting into. <laughs> well, look, it's tough. It's not, you know, the labor business, you know, Pulling copper wire, sorting metals, driving forklifts in the sea. Yeah. You know, that's not an easy job, you know, and, and, and you got to hand it to the people who do this every day and get out there and, and do it and you, you know, your hats off. And that's why I love the year-end safety meeting because yeah. to reward the, 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 the employees for their hard work, to reward them for really their safety because, you know, they, they do a hell of a job. And to see them get those TVs and the barbecues and the fun things, that, that, I love that. You know, that, that's what we're here for. I mean, everybody's got to win. Right. And I think that's, that's really important to, uh, to see our success and going forward. All right. Biggest change at Sierra since you've been here? Biggest change. Oh, man. You know, we are far busier than we've been in the 11 years I've been here. There are people going every which way in our facility. Employees. People with a lot of things to do, but a lot of passion 
about what they're doing. So that's probably the biggest change. Daniel, biggest change since you've been here? My office window. <laughs> Went from 18 wheels to, to, to being, being in the yard. Well, the biggest change I would say, you know, uh, this is the 19th of June, and we lost my father 10 years ago and on June 23rd. So still the biggest change is not having him here. Yeah. You know, to, to, to look at these pictures of Dad and, and the old guys when they started and to know, well, I'm now that guy. I, I, I still haven't quite grasped that 100%. Well, look, let's wrap this up. Gentlemen, thanks for the discussion. Can I say one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Daniel said his office window changed, but technically Daniel's in a trailer in the back that still technically has wheels on it and a window. Yeah, but he gets to look out into a warehouse. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. And that's it for the first edition of Pile of Scrap.